it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Let's go. Yes, sir. It's a Tuesday in the Bureau, in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance all across the great state of Mississippi. Welcome in. You can be a part of the show, and I hope you will be today. Feel free to comment on the live stream. Hate to you. If you're on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter there, type in a comment, hit submit, it pops up right here on the feed on the Murray West live thread. You need something threaded onto anything, like embroidered, go to Murray West right here in Mississippi. You can find them online at murraywest.com. Well, look, here we are on a Tuesday. And just like yesterday, and the day before that, and the day before that, and the week before that, and the month before that, and the six months before that, and several years before that, Will Rogers still isn't the main issue with Mississippi State's offense. <laughs> Here we are. And just like yesterday, <laughs> one of the many things that this show could be used for today is a platform for anyone who would like to publicly apologize for their criticism of Will. Like I said yesterday, you could... Um, I mean, earn a lot of respect. Nobody, We're not going to chew you up and spit you out if you're broad-shouldered enough to say, hey, look, I was one of those that's very critical of him. And, you know, as it turns out, we see that actually we need to get him back to have a chance. Okay, he gives us a chance. And I, I feel bad about being on the wrong side of that, and I will admit it, and I ask for forgiveness. And we'll be like, man, way to go. Pat on the back. Think more of you for it. So just, again... Public service announcement, if you were someone who took it way too far and it turns out you were dead wrong in placing all of Mississippi State's offensive woes and blames on the shoulders of Will Rogers, then, again, this is a good place for you to publicly come out here and say you were wrong and own up to it, and we're actually going to respect you and think more of you for that. And here's the platform for you to do it. Of the many things that we can use this show for, that's one of them. And you can also be a part of the show by texting on the Country Pleasing text line. Number on the screen, by the way, if you're watching on Twitter, if you watch the live stream on Twitter, sorry, on X, then uh, the numbers there, you could probably just text the show on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-3776-601 number, 885-3776. Let's see how Beaver's doing. Hey, B. Hey, Matt Wyatt. How was your Monday yesterday? It looked busy on the show. It was indeed. I have not seen that many callers yeah. in a long time. Or in a while. Yeah. With any and I'm any show that I'm associated with here. Any of the 17. Yeah. <laughs> the 17. You know, and I will say... Uh, Beaver's like it, it was unusual in the the amount of callers and so I kind of did a poor job of getting to them regularly but it, it made the show feel so much different because there was less other content and more of the calls you know and um, but but I, I I mean look 
There were times they were stacked in there three, four deep holding on. And did you notice something, Beaver, that more bully was the only one who got mad about it yesterday? Sure was. Sure was. I didn't think about that. And he was genuinely mad about it. I mean, I t- I'm going to be honest with you. I think he laughed about it later, but I think he was genuinely angry for hanging on the phone. What do you think? Yeah, it really seemed like it. it so maybe, I don't know, maybe today you put some sort of restriction yeah. on more bully, or we make a rule called the more bully rule, whatever that may be. Right. And that is if you show your rear end during a phone call, that the next time you call, you're required to be on hold for a minimum of five minutes. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. Now I'm remembering, now you're bringing all these (laughs) memories back because, you know, more bully, he started it. He started the whole argument with, I've been calling sports talk radio since so long Mm -hmm. that I faxed in. (laughs) You know what that is, Matt? That's like, oh, more bully, you've, You've done something now. He that sure is kind of like how, you know, Alabama talking about, man, I was, you know, was I was with Bear Bryant. I've been watching Alabama football so long. Bear Bryant, Kentucky, oh, I've been oh. watching Kentucky so long. Adolph Rupp. And I'm always like, I don't care what these dead coaches did from <laughs> 40, 50 years ago, but. Now more bully has brought that into your area. <laughs> he literally called yesterday, literally said basically this. I have been calling radio shows so long. I used to have to fax my questions in back in the day. Therefore, you better move my call to the front of the line, buddy. Hmm. That, was his, that was his reasoning. Well, that's okay. I guess he gets a pass for this one, though, because he he was kind enough to come and show up at the the remote broadcast last week at Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 in Florence. He did come by there, and so he gets a pass on that. But, I mean, he was really mad at me yesterday. I hope he's over it today. We'll find out if he calls. Speaking of, you can call the show on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. You're Kubota dealer. Number to call, 995-1059, 601 number, 995-1059. Now, y'all, listen, I've got texts. We're coming to them, and, and y'all are already in here on the Murray West live thread. I'm coming to them, uh, David, Danny, Jimmy, Sven, Chris, Terry, others uh, on the text line, Patches, Jason, Stephen, Humphreys County. Uh, listen, coming to it. But I, I didn't plan on doing this, okay, but it came out of my mouth a minute ago when I said, it's Tuesday, and it's just yet another day in a long line of many days that Will Rogers is not the primary you know, issue with State's offense, not scoring points earlier in the year. In spite of what a lot of people said and ranted about and went on and on about and tried to make you believe, and frankly, some of y'all tried to make others believe it. Now, this is the point that I'm making. I- I'm going to make the point. It's one thing to be wrong. We've all been wrong. I certainly have. Okay, it's one thing to be wrong. But listen. There comes a time when, you know, if we take things to a certain level or we take them over into a certain yard, okay, or if you find out that you're wrong, we all have to own up to it. 
maybe the right thing to do is to own up to it. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I'm not saying that you ought to be forced to do it. I'm just saying you ought to consider. Because there's very little difference as far as I'm concerned. And let's say fans, especially ones who, you know, we maybe we have a a, a, a moniker or whatever, what do you call it, a screen name on like a, you know, a, a, a fan site. And it's not really your name. It's just something you go by. Um, could be, you know, on a radio show. And there's nothing wrong with that. But especially if, if we're going to go by that so we don't really even know who it is, okay, but we're going to get out here publicly and just take out a, I mean, we're just going to just lambast Will Rogers for the offense not scoring points. And he's a problem. And he doesn't have arm strength. Okay, and he doesn't want to take a hit. And all this, it's all Will. Because, listen, you know who you are. And there was plenty of that going on. Okay, and now you are now three weeks into seeing that that ain't the only problem. <laughs> In fact, it ain't even close to the primary issue. In fact, three weeks of evidence shows you you really need to get Will Rogers back to have a chance. That guy gives you a chance in some of these games. Okay, so again, I know this sounds like a little bit of a repeat from yesterday. But you know how bad it looks a lot of times, y'all? Because a lot of the same folks will nod their head in agreement on this. How bad it looks when some media member out there that's local or not, it could be maybe at ESPN or SEC Network or something, they really bash your team. Okay, and they really downplay your team and say some negative stuff about your team. It turns out they're wrong. <laughs> Even on national level, it turns out they were dead wrong. That's happened a bunch. And you're always, and I am, a little angry that they, they never get held accountable for that stuff. So it's all about just getting a click, but you're never really held accountable for saying dumb things, right? Well, if you were someone who was in the camp that you were convinced and you went public with it, I'm talking going to social media and posting it and tagging players and tagging coaches and responding to everybody, Will's a problem, fire him, fire Will Rogers, bench Will Rogers, he's the issue. If that was you, you're no different than them. And what you can do now is make it right. Get on that same platform. And again, stiffen your neck, straighten your backbone, and stand out there and say, I did this, and it turns out I was dead wrong. And flame away if you need to. But I'm at least going to step forward and own up to it. I was wrong, and I shouldn't have said that because it turns out I was dead wrong. That's all I'm looking for, one or two who will do that. Kind of like looking for one or two coaches, administrators, who will step forward in front of a microphone and say the, the truth. Hey, it's not NIL. You can call it NIL. It's a convenient little acronym, NIL. We know it's pay for play. It ain't got nothing to do with people's names, images, or likenesses, and it's got very little to do with marketing about 99% of the time. It's pay for play. We've got to pay them to play. We've got to pay them to stay once we get them here. That's what it is. To his credit, as far as I know, Lane Kiffin is the only one, the only coach who stepped out there and just called it what it is. And I think sometimes dealing with it for what it is 
helps you to deal with it better. They're dealing with it pretty well over there, it looks like to me. Just own up to the idea and be public with it. we got to pay them to play. <laughs> Why? I'm looking for more coaches who will do that. More administrators. Call it what it is. Deal with it as such. So in the same vein, where are the Will Rogers haters now? Where are you? Because if you'll get out from behind that screen name and get out from behind the sitting over there hoping that some statute of limitation kicks in and that it was long enough ago that everybody forget about it. If you'll get out from behind that, those things, okay, and, and make good on it, we will respect you for saying you were wrong. And I'll respect you even more if you learn from it. Run, tell all of them. And here's the thing about it. To those people, it makes them incredibly angry for me to say it and bring it up. It, it infuriates them. They hate me when I do that stuff. But all I'm doing is, here it is right here on the surface. It's not even like I'm doing something smart. You don't have to be smart to see all this. I'm just calling it what it is. But you're hiding. 99%. I'm just looking for the 1%. Broad enough shoulders, stiff enough backbone, strong enough self-esteem to step out here and go, I was wrong about Will Rogers. And if I could do it over again, I wouldn't open my mouth. Because he ain't the problem. And that's obvious now. I'm just looking for the 1% that's got a stiff enough back and enough guts to do that. Because 99% are going to hide behind the screen name, are going to hide behind hoping there's a statute of limitations on social media posts, and everybody just kind of forgets it eventually. All right. First up on the Murray West live thread, go to murraywest.com, contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi. David... Uh, He's on YouTube, gave us a hail state and a hello. Danny is in Ringgold, Georgia, where it's 78 degrees this afternoon. It's going to be like 85 degrees, 86 degrees today and tomorrow uh, around here. Uh, Jimmy said that he only caught uh, the last 15 minutes last night, but thanks for the live stream. He said maybe you should do one of those every week. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, it was around 8.15 we got started, and it went for about an hour, and... Uh, I got a text, uh, Jimmy, probably about the time you were tuning in from Annabeth, and it said, you look tired. Maybe it's time for you to quit. <laughs> Wrap it up. And she was right. I was starting to wind down because it was past my bedtime. <clears throat> Sven, in Berlin, Germany, it is 35 degrees and raining over there right now. Well, we got sunshine and heat back here at home, Sven. Thanks for tuning in. Chris comments on Facebook, says, if the offense looks like this in November, what did it look like over the summer? Well, and, you know, that, that some of their progress and growth, whatever they could have, you know, progressed through this year has really been stunted by injuries to the two main skill players, and that's Will and, um, and Woody, and, and really maybe even especially Woody. Uh, Jimmy says... Is Beaver implementing a less is more bully rule? 
Now that is a clever play on words. And we love more bully around here, okay? Yeah, if you, if you ever meet him, how could you not love him? <laughs> really, we're just having fun at his expense. That's all it is. Uh, Redacted says, hey, Matt, you may have covered this, but do you think there will be a coaching change at the end of the year? You know, how can I – I don't know how I can answer that without knowing how the next three games are going to go. Now, I do know that the two remaining SEC games in particular, State is a long shot to win them. On the road at A&M this week, at home against a really good, powerful, you know, clicking Ole Miss team in the Egg Bowl. State's a long shot to win either one of those. And then you got Southern Miss in there who, you know, let's be honest, all State's got to do is have a bad night on offense at home and anybody could beat them. Okay, but with that said, even though it doesn't seem likely, you still got to go play the games. If you pull off some upsets here in the last three games and all of a sudden something clicks, then it's a totally different conversation at the end of the year than it may be right now. I just don't know how anybody can answer that definitively. It just, I don't know. Um, And I'm not an AD, and I'm not going up there and rubbing shoulders with people who are donors or whatever that may be making, helping make those decisions. I'm just not in those circles. I'm not making those phone calls. So, um, from my perspective, my opinion on it, we got, I got to see what happens in the games. <clears throat> Debbie said, you go. <laughs> uh, Brad said, do you think Rodgers will come back next year? I would think that he would. I don't know that, but I would think that he would. All right. Uh, coming back to your comments on the live stream, now I'm going to hit the text line, the country-pleasing text line. Humphreys County Dog, Texas Show says, went back, listened to the live stream from last night, this morning, on the tractor. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for doing that. Know you're busy, but would like to see more of those in the future. As always, Hail State. Thanks, Humphreys County Dog, and uh, glad that you were able to catch it and replay. One of the beauties of, like, streaming stuff live on Facebook is it just stays out there. Uh, Steven comments, Matt, I'm pulling for all the Mississippi State coaches the rest of the year and hope they win every game they play in. If there is a coaching change at the end of the year, what are a few names that you think would be a good fit at Mississippi State? I know that job is definitely different than LSU, Bama, and Georgia. Just curious your thoughts. Yeah. Hmm. I probably need to think about it first, Stephen. You know, rather than just throwing stuff out there, I probably need to think about it first. Because, you know, some of it comes down to, you know, who would you have a shot at? You know, it's, it's less about sometimes who you covet, more about who's coveting you. Especially in this era where any coach worth his salt, you know, he's going to look at it and go, well, how much money you got to spend on your roster? How much money can we spend in recruiting? They're all going to ask that question. Just like every recruit's going to say, how much can you pay me? Like it or not. Jason in Flagstaff says, I'd like to publicly say, I told y'all goober so, <laughs> regarding Will Rogers not being the problem. Patches says, what's the chances of Will sitting out the rest of the year and hitting the portal if he has eligibility? If that does happen, could anyone blame him? Well, Patches, see, I, if you do the math, see, 2020 was technically his true freshman year, right? But it doesn't count. 20 doesn't count against anybody's eligibility. So technically, 21 was his first year. So he's got 21 and 22 full seasons. 
and then you know a good par- portion or partial season here in 23 in terms of what counts. And he played in enough games this year that it, it counts. So more than four. So this couldn't technically be a redshirt year unless there was some sort of medical thing. So, again, according to the official NCAA eligibility chart, he's three years in to a full four on the field because he played 20, but it doesn't count against anybody. Does that make sense? So he definitely has eligibility left. He's got a redshirt year left. If he wants it, he may not, you know. Um <clears throat> Which who would? I mean, players on this are like look at it and go, oh, I've got a redshirt year, because you don't need it now. You you don't because there's no sit out rule for transferring. But even beyond that, he's got at least one full year left on the field. <clears throat> uh, Denzel Texas show says so. My daughter is going to play the part of Lucy from a Charlie Brown Christmas in her school's Christmas float. There you go. Man, I'm a huge fan of Charles Schultz and all the Charlie Brown Peanuts cartoons. And and just Charles Schultz, I am, he fascinates me. If you've never studied up on him, that guy, I mean, just just a prodigy. Coming up with all those ideas <laughs> and uh, then putting it down on paper. <clears throat> he says the first thing that he asked, this is Denzel, was not who was playing Charlie Brown, but who was playing Schroeder. The reason being is that's who Lucy has a secret crush on. Turns out it's being played by one of her best friends. He goes, now back to the actual topics on the show. Well, congrats to you, Denzel, and little Lucy in the Christmas float. Take a picture, send it to us. All right, rolling along with you here on a Tuesday. Lots of comments to get to. That's coming up next when we come back right after this in the Bureau. Stick around. The amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. All right, back with you. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Over to the text line, the country pleasing text line. Number to text, by the way, 885-3776. 601 number, 885-3776. Or another way to remember is 885-ESPN. Text away. Or call me. You can call me. We had a we had a show full of phone calls yesterday. That was a lot of fun. And Beaverhead worked his fanny off. As fast as he could go, he's hitting buttons and lining them up. Line one, line two, line three, line four. Uh, but feel free to call today. We get to hear your voice that way on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. More bully Texas. He said, I'm not listening, but I hear I'm part of the show. <laughs> More bully, wherever you are, you're always a part of the show. We're just here for you. It doesn't matter, More Bully, if we wink, 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 wink. If we have three or four phone calls that have been waiting for half an hour, if you call, you're going right to the front. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> Nick text the show he says going away from an offense that a team has been running for three years to something totally different was the problem not will you'd think they would have learned that 
with the Moorhead debacle. Now, Nick, yeah, look, and that also is sort of a repeat of yesterday. But it's okay. I mean, it's a major story, and, and it is a part of it. And you and I both admit when we talk about it here on the show that, you know, we get to look at stuff in hindsight, which is really easy. You know, when you're in the fray, making those decisions on the fly with the clock ticking down on recruiting and other stuff, it's a lot harder, right? And I get it. And the other thing, too, is, you know, I'm not – I don't know what those conversations were like behind the scenes about previous staff and were they all willing to stay and or not or some and then, you know, one or two wanted to go, one or two was willing to stay. Like, how do you piece that together? Those are things we don't know. And it is very possible, Nick, that keeping the the previous staff that had always coached for and come with Mike Leach, that keeping them all together, it's very possible that keeping them all together was not an option. But, and, and let me say, if that's the case, if it wasn't an option of keeping them all together, then it might have been a tough decision, right? Like, how are you going to piece it together? Who's going to coordinate it? You know, who do you trust to coordinate it? You know, is there somebody you bring in? Is it somebody who's already there? And then you bring other coaches in? Like, how do you, that, that would have been a thing you'd have to figure out. But I do think that, you know, <clears throat> that, that somewhere there's got to be a realization with some of these coaches because we did see it with Moorhead. And I think we did see it again this year where you, you're not really in an era nowadays where you can take a long-term approach. There isn't it, The patience isn't going to be there. You know, there's more money involved in it than ever. Therefore, there's more riding on it than ever, it seems like. And, and folks aren't going to let you take a long-term approach. And it's like, yeah, I guess kind of on the so like surface level, Nick, it does paint a picture that one of the one of the best abilities of any coach out there is the ability to look at the players you have and to accurately and keenly and specifically identify what they are capable of doing well in a game. Not what they can draw up on the grease board when you're doing meetings. Not what they can say while they're watching film. No, what can they actually do well in a game? And the coaches who are able to figure that out the best, they're the ones that probably do those transitions the best. Because that whole deal back with Coach Moorhead, and Joe is just a fantastic person. He really is. But it was such a mistake to come in there with that offense with Nick Fitzgerald and Grease and had been doing the things it was doing and maybe to not just roll with that and, and make this, instead of having a, slow install and build of a new offense. Maybe just have a slow transition over a couple of years to a new offense. But get back out there and like it to me it would be easier for coaches to adjust to terminology and new terminology than it would be players. Right? And so this is sort of like that, you know, to a degree. I don't know. And it is true. Nobody was going to come in there and coach the offense the way Mike Leach did and call the offense the same way Mike Leach did. And I don't think anybody would expect that. 
Here I go. I got to get going. David and Brandon, Texas show. He says, uh, I got a little backwards logic for you. was hoping your thoughts. As an Ole Miss guy, I want to lose to Georgia, and i tell you why. He says, I believe that if by some miracle we were to beat Georgia, we would still be left out of the college football playoff if we finish 11-1. We will still be left out and not sure I could handle that. Well, I don't understand that, though. You're just saying, David, because of the record, you wouldn't be able to handle it. But, I mean, if you beat Georgia – and your only loss is to Alabama, I get what you're saying because still, right, by, by beating, if you were to beat Georgia, it still doesn't necessarily put you in the driver's seat to get to Atlanta. It just puts you one step closer, and then you're going to be, then all Ole Miss fans would have to be huge, like Hugh Freeze fans in the Iron Bowl, right? <laughs> Root for Hugh Freeze. Or whoever it is they play next. I guess rooting for Kentucky this weekend. That's an interesting way to look at it. Hey, and look, I, you know, Ole Miss went to Alabama, didn't play well, got beat. They've got that experience behind them. Um, and Alabama's really good, obviously. But Ole Miss is capable of getting hot on offense and challenging Georgia. They're capable of it. I'm not saying they will, but they are capable of that. Uh, let's see, Hill Dog, Texas show. He said, hey, man, it's called repent, the changing of one's mind. Go dogs and go Will Rogers. <laughs> Real C Texas show, and he says, I was wrong about Will. Kid deserves all the kudos. Chris Collins, a.k.a. Real C. There he is. <laughs> A literal and figurative tip of the cap, my man Real C. Big, broad shoulders, big, stiff back. Step out in front of everybody and say, I'm going to own up to it. And you get nothing but respect from me for that, Real C. Thanks for leading the way. Now let's see if we can get some others to follow suit. And Real C, you weren't even the one out here, like, bashing him online. Those people, you ain't ever going to hear from those people. <laughs> Razdog Texas Show and says, Will is not the problem, but he's also not the solution. Both can be true. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe. But Razdog, look me in the eye right now and tell me, that in the current situation with State's offense, look me in the eye and tell me that Will coming back doesn't give you a much better chance to score points. Look me in the eye and tell me that. Res Dog, are you telling me that right now, this offense, this group of players, this team in 2023, are you telling me that if you get Will back, he doesn't automatically improve the team's chances of scoring points. Because the answer is he will. You say he's not the solution. Well, he may not be the solution to getting you to Atlanta. Maybe not. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. He's the... The health of his body and getting him in the lineup either this week or next or the week after that is the immediate answer to having a better chance of scoring more points than you currently have now without him. Somebody texted and said, just think if we had Dylan Johnson and Woody. Man, and, and Dylan Johnson... Tell you, that's one thing Coach Leach was wrong about, and <laughs> he was wrong about Dylan Johnson. 
when they caught him saying that he didn't think he was all that tough. Well, he, he's tough enough at Washington right now. Uh, Rebel Rex texted the show and said Gus Malzahn would be a great hire. Hmm. Gus Malzahn, former Auburn coach. He's at UCF. I don't know. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of Coach Malzahn, he obviously knows what he's doing. I mean, he's he's done a lot of good things over the course of his career, but I don't know. Like on first glance, I don't know. I don't know if that I don't know if I see two puzzle pieces that fit just right. I didn't think on that. Why would he leave UCF? When you're about to step into a 12-team playoff era, and I know he's not in a Power 5 conference, but and they, you know, UCF's got major resources. Why would he leave there? Delta Dog Texas show and said, what would be the perfect coach for State? Offensive, defensive, or just a good CEO? Well, I mean, look, you know, I'm a little biased towards offense. I, I mean, I am, but I also know that the very absolute provable in any way, including statistically fact of the matter, is that defense is what wins championships. <laughs> it does. So I actually would fall on the CEO part. I mean, you got to have a head coach nowadays that's running a really tight ship that everybody's accountable to. you got a really sharp operation and a guy who gets attention. There it is. You, that's... Right, wrong, or indifferent, but that's kind of where it is. You got to have a guy who gets eyeballs and is comfortable doing so. All right, rolling along. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. Back with you. Rolling along here on this Tuesday. It almost feels like a Monday, but that's fine. We had fun on Monday. We can have fun again here on Tuesday. Let's see what we have on the Murray West live thread. You need something threaded onto a shirt or a hat or custom apparel, whatever it is. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi. So whether it's you know, your your business, um, your team, your, you know, your church, your company, whatever it is. Um, you need something embroidered on a shirt, hat, anything else, go there. Look, they're right here in Mississippi. They do stuff all over the place. Just about every high school in the whole state is send, sending them their gear. It all gets embroidered right there, and you can have your stuff done there, too. Great people. Check them out online at murraywest.com. That's M-U-R-R-Y, west.com, murraywest.com. Larry says on Facebook, he says, uh, he says, want to know who wanted Will not to play is 95% of the ones who wanted Mike gone as a coach. Okay, okay, talking about Mike Leach. So Larry's saying that a lot of the same people that don't want didn't want Will playing the same people that didn't want Mike Leach as their coach. 
He says, how many called for Mike's job and said he was an embarrassment to the university? Not till after his death and others bragging on how smart he was did they begin to understand what they really had. Uh, that's from Larry on the Murray West live thread. Joseph says, Rogers has never been the problem. I just wish he would create opportunities instead of just dropping when he is under pressure. Uh, Joseph, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, go tell those chickens to make you some sausage. Like, chickens don't do that. Chickens lay eggs. Pigs become the sausage. You want a fast guy, put one in there. But you get to a certain level of football where you better be really fast. I'm talking, I'm talking special fast for it to make a huge difference. I'm talking like Milrow fast, Jaden Daniels fast to go along with some other stuff. And they're not just fast. And you get, it's kind of like almost like, you know, people say that there's three levels of football. They say there's the NFL and there's college football. And somewhere in between is the SEC. Okay, well, it's like you, in the NFL, it's like that guy who called in here that time we were talking about Matt Corral. And we are giving him his props and he had every opportunity and certainly big arm and he got a shot, and injuries kind of messed him up and those different things. But the guy called in because I made a statement that Matt Corral was not someone whose running ability in college translated to the NFL. It was a non-factor in terms of evaluating him as an NFL player. Well, this Ole Miss fan called in and yelled at me and told me I was stupid, told me I was crazy. Well, I knew that I was – I knew what I was talking about in, in that regard just because I've paid attention to it over the years, and I've heard a lot of those conversations too. Um, I got a – I've had friends who, for a living, and still do, they evaluate talent for NFL teams. You talk to those people, like, you got you, you want your speed at quarterback to make a difference in the NFL. You're talking Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson. Anybody else, forget it. I mean, Andrew Luck ran a 4-5-40. I mean, Cam Newton, right? You go run 4-5, you, you may be talking about it, but you're still not Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you're still not... Michael Vick, and it, it's not a – and so my point is this. You, you talk about – everybody goes, well, Will would take a sack. Well, Will wasn't fast. Okay. So you got a fast guy in there. How many how – many, in SEC play, how many big long runs has a fast guy broke? You got a whole lot better chance of making yards if even if a slow guy can – throw it for a 25-yard completion, then hoping a fast guy can run for 25. Because if you're going to run for 25, you better be Jaden Daniels fast. I'm talking about faster than everybody. You better be Jalen Milrow fast. Fastest guy on the field. And because of the nature of the position, even he gets sacked sometimes. So, I mean, like, what are we talking about? To me, it's just a basic sort of understanding. Well, I wish I had Michael Vick at quarterback. Yeah, I do too. I wish I had Randall Cunningham at quarterback. Everybody does. <laughs> Tell us something we don't know. We just named two guys in the history of NFL football that are really fast. <laughs> I wish you could create. Well, I, I do too, but I can wish in one hand and in the other. Jimmy says, People always ask why Spurrier Jr. didn't stay. He says, if you've watched Tulsa, his offense looks more like his father's offense than the Air Raid. You know what, Jimmy? I did that. I think it was the opening weekend. 
that I turned them on and watched them against. Uh, can't remember who it was. But they had double tight ends under center, zone read, RPO. It was non-air raid offense that he's running out there at Tulsa that I saw. And I can say it was like the first game. And their starter struggled, and they made a quick quarterback change. And whoever the backup was for him in that game came in and, and revved him up and really got him going. Uh, but you're right. I, it's, I'm talk, He went in there, and it was almost like, like he went to Tulsa and just said, okay, who are our players? We got tight ends. We're going to use them. We're going to – Steve Spurrier Jr. went straight to Tulsa. He didn't go up there saying, I'm going to run the air raid because I coach for Mike Leach. He went straight up there and said, okay, we got five tight ends. We run the ball last year. We got a fast quarterback. Hey, that's what we're going to run. We're going to run something that fits the people we have. That's what he did. And, look, it's first year. Everybody struggles and goes up and down, but, you know, he's coaching to the players that he has up there. It's like Mason Miller goes and is – the offensive coordinator at Tarleton State out in Texas, who, by the way, they have a ton of resources at Tarleton State. I don't know if y'all realize that. Like, I mean, they've (laughs) – and they are dead set on, like, moving up the ladder and being D1 and stuff, and they'll be there. They'll be like Liberty and James Madison, some of these schools. They're going to do it eventually. But, you know, he goes out there, and they're running the heck out of the ball. Just run, 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 run. A little bit of both. I mean, they throw it pretty well, too. So, you know, everybody's different. It is, and there's no guarantees on that stuff. But <clears throat> but it is a good point. Let's see, let's do one more there, and then I'm going to jump over to the text line here. Um, Sissy said, okay, stupid question. Suppose he didn't keep our net. We brought in a new staff. Would that new head coach have not installed his own offense? Would we state fans be nicer to the new coach, or would we be beating him up like our net? Yeah, you're talking about, okay, so let's say if we go back and they brought in a new guy. Yeah. No, I think it's a good point. If if they had hired someone from the outside who, like, brought in all new staff and everything, it's probably someone who's going to have their own ideas or going to come in and install something. But, you know, now we're back to sort of an expectation deal, right, Sissy? Because a lot of people, whether we were told it or not, a lot of people were under the impression that, Part of the deal, you know, you're hiring Arnett for the, for the purpose of continuity and some of those things. And then, you know, you got a big change out of it. And unfortunately, too, like that's the more glaring thing is that the defense kind of took a step back also. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> I got time. Here we go. Because I made a mistake earlier, and y'all are reminding me of this, and I'm going to get to these texts now. Uh, Jason and Flagstaff said, a whole lot of people made an absolute living getting attention on social media or otherwise by trashing Will Rogers the last few years. We'll just pretend they never said it and or th- they will just pretend they never said it and or twist stuff where it looks like they were right if you close one eye. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, Aquatic Waves Texas show says, do you think uh, we'll make a decision quickly after the Egg Bowl? Early signing day, it seems like they may want to make a decision quickly. Um, as far as keeping our net, also, don't you think they have to put out some feelers prior to see interested parties? You know, what I would say, Aquatic Waves, is the quote-unquote putting out feelers, I think that is much more of an ongoing process all the time for every AD, whether their coach is winning or not, more than we ever realize. 
the keeping a list and connections with agents and talking to agents, there's, they're in a world that I think that stuff's going on. Even at schools that have got solid coaches and they're winning, their ADs are still getting lists ready because you, you just never know. They're monitoring it, talking about it. I don't think it's anything new to say somebody's putting out feelers. I think they're always putting out feelers, constantly. Maybe not directly to a coach, but to his agents. They all, yeah, they're spending time together. Uh, Patrick texts the show. He says no to the Gus buzz. He says, I would take a chance on giving Bobby Petrino another shot at the head coach or give Spurrier Jr. his first head coaching job. Nothing against Arnett. He's not a head coach kind of person. He wants to call plays on defense again. That's from Patrick. He mentions Petrino. Uh, okay, here we go. Real unnamed texture said UCF is now in the Big 12, and that is right. I think I said they weren't a power five, but they are. And, and am I right? So the new playoff deal when it goes to 12 teams is like one of the automatics is conference champions. Of these power five, like you're the Big 12 champion, you're in. And without Texas and Oklahoma, like unless they change that, I got look. I'm just telling you, UCF can win the Big 12. <laughs> Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. UCF, I, they're actually going to be sitting in a pretty good spot in that conference. All right, look, that went by quick. Man, this is fun. All the texts, all the comments. Y'all are the best. Really appreciate you. And we'll do it again in hour two right after this here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Stick around. 